Hi, this is Pastor Emily McGinley from Urban Village Church, Hyde Park, Woodlawn. If you've been to UVC, you'll know that we seek to be three things, bold, inclusive, and relevant. We know that there are countless folks across the country and out there in podcast land like yourself, seeking a message that will bring insight, hope, encouragement, and joy as we do this thing called faith. Please consider making a financial gift to help us with this work of inspiring, equipping, and sending out agents of gospel life and inclusive love. Just go to www.urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Our passage for today comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 28. Rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in every situation, because this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Don't suppress the spirit. Don't brush off spirit-inspired messages, but examine everything carefully and hang on to what, what is good. Avoid every kind of evil. Now, may the God of peace himself cause you to be completely dedicated to him, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept intact and blameless at our Lord Jesus Christ's coming. The one who is calling you is faithful and will do this. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. By the Lord's authority, I order all of you to have this letter read aloud to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. May this reading add a blessing in your life. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Happy New Year. 2020, can we believe it? It's a new decade. I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. My name is Daniel. I'm one of the interns here at UBC. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm not Pastor Emily. Um, and Thomas is getting ready to go um, to another country for a few weeks. So um, if you wouldn't mind just praying for him throughout his journey, um, he would greatly appreciate that. So without further ado, let's get to it. So many of us are running through life feeling hurried, overwhelmed, and out of balance. Peace eludes, and work and life demands feel like they'll never fit in just a 24-hour day. While they are tempting, the answers to this don't lie in productivity hacks, finding the perfect morning routine, or getting a better planner. We will find peace when we prioritize the rhythms of life, sacred rhythms of rest, Connection, prayer, and service that God has offered to generation after generation of humanity to sustain us and bring us joy in the midst of whatever life brings. So, for the month of January, as we partake on the adventure of organizing a life of peace, balance, and growth, you are invited to come and find your own heart's rhythm and learn about how rest, connection, prayer, and service just might change your life. Let us pray. Creator, sustainer, and redeemer, I ask that your words today be a source of meditation, a source of guidance through the unknown and a source of motivation that offers an opportunity for those present to grasp a rhythm of life that brings you to the center. Please allow these words and those to follow to be an unceasing promise of your will for your people. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I will have to admit this is the first sermon that I've ever preached in khakis before. 
So if anything goes wrong, it's the khakis. We're just going to go with that. In regards to generating a life of rhythm, today's message is centered on the practice of prayer. Prayer, as Henry Nounen defines, is the most concrete way to make our home in God. Our home in God is what gives us the will and empowerment to live a life that rejoices in continual prayer and to give thanks in all circumstances. Our home in God allows the function of prayer to not influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. The one who prays is the one who prays for the neighbor, the stranger, for one's family, for one's friend, for one's community, and for oneself. The one who prays is the one who seeks change, change from the heart. Prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. To be sustained in a home of prayer is to be sustained in a world of confusion, hardship, and cruelty. This means that we are to anchor ourselves to the internal sources of hope and joy. One of the best ways we have to do that is to pray, to connect to God directly and immediately, opening our hearts to what might be and being honest about where we are and what we need. There are so, so many ways to pray, but we often keep ourselves from abundant and life-giving lives of prayer through distraction, embarrassment, or simply not knowing how to pray. Let's become unceasing prayers and let ourselves be transformed by prayer, a prayer that resembles rejoicing, giving thanks in all circumstances, even when it seems impossible, and hold on to what is good through sanctification, peace, and the act of unceasing. Hold on to prayer because it is a gift of transformation. I always find it interesting to see how prayer is depicted in narrative media. As Margaret Lyons points out, 55% of Americans pray daily, but very few people on TV and in movies pray. In my experience, at least the prayers depicted are also rarely the simple, deep, strange experience prayer often is, but rather they are bombastic and performative, but instructive for what people might think they have to be like while praying which often comes to them by praying first. Some famous examples, the beautiful and devastating Our Prayer from the, from the color purple when Bartlett rages at God in the West Wing, when Ricky Bobby gives thanks in Talladega Nights for the successes that he has made, for his family, and for the baby Jesus that granted him sponsors, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and Pepsi. When Sandra Bullock from Gravity says, nobody ever taught me how to pray when the Fast and Furious Six prays for, thanks, for thankfulness, and when George Bailey, Bailey prays in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, O oh God, I am not a praying man, but if you are up there and can hear me, show me the way. The act of praying is all around us. It is present in the media, in the community, and in our own lives. Praying is all around us and it is certainly not going to cease anytime soon. Prayer is a source of rejoicing. And recognizing that prayer is a source of rejoicing, always through the peace of God, through sanctification, I am reminded every summer that it is truly right and just 
to give God thanks for what we work so hard to achieve. For example, every summer I rejoice in thanksgiving to God whenever I get the chance to go biking. You see, when I was four years old, my sister bought me my very first bike. It had purple rims, the frame was purple, it had flames, it had really cool neon green handlebars. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. However, she bought it and gave it to me three days before my fourth birthday. But here's the kicker. I, was, I wasn't allowed to ride it until I received a helmet, elbow pads, and knee pads. And I didn't receive those until my actual birthday. This bike was a source of temptation for a four-year-old. Let me tell you, when I opened that package that contained a helmet, elbow pads, and knee pads, I was ready to conquer the world on two wheels. After all the aunts and uncles and cousins left, I strapped on all the necessary safety equipment and headed out the door. My mother grabbed the VHS video camera. I know what that is. <laughs> and my eldest brother accompanied her. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. My mother was probably praying for no crashes, a smooth street, and no traffic. Well, let's just say one of those requests was answered. I will let you figure out which one. After about 15 minutes of riding and feeling like I was the king of the street, the street decided to test my balancing, my balancing skills by placing a new crack in the road that magically appeared. I should have prayed harder because my fate was tested and my bike was soon to encounter the unexpected. I approached that crack with confidence, but my prayers were not filled with that same confidence. As soon as I hit that crack, my front tire began to wobble. The handlebars couldn't be controlled. My feet began to pedal faster and faster as I tried to correct the incident that was about to occur. What seemed like forever only took a few seconds. I hit the pavement. My bike laid on the ground with the back tire still spinning. My mom came running after she put the camera on the ground. And my brother was recorded on tape asking, is the bike okay? <laughs> My dream of conquering the world on two wheels was crushed. I placed the bike in the shed and left it there with intentional actions of ignoring it for several weeks. One morning, while my mother was clearing out the shed in preparation for a yard sale, which she does every year, I found my bike leaning against one of the poles to the clothesline. I stared at it with squinted eyes and a look of disgust. Secretly, I was praying and asking God to destroy that bike. God was saying something else. I walked over to the bike, saddled up, put my feet on the pedals, gripped the handlebars with the death grip, and pushed off. I opened my eyes. And to my amazement, I was riding around our mole-filled backyard with ease. My prayer of conquering the world on two wheels was back in motion. I rejoiced and gave thanks all afternoon. I pedaled and pedaled and pedaled until I was forced to go inside for dinner. I know you are probably asking yourself, what does this have to do with prayer? What does a four-year-old riding a bike have to do with praying to God the Almighty? Well, to that four-year-old, being able to ride with confidence and being able to overcome the fear that rested against one of the clothesline poles was an answered prayer of rejoicing. To rejoice and to pray and to give thanks requires that we bear, that we become aware of what is going on and what is going on around us. This is why so many mystics of all traditions and prayer practices of all kinds focus on presence and mindfulness as the pathways 
to sustained lives of unceasing prayer. The act of unceasing prayer became relevant as I learned to keep pedaling, or for those Nemo fans, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. The act of rejoicing and giving continual thanks to God through prayer is what reminds us that sometimes we have to keep pedaling even when things get rough or when an unexpected or unpredicted crack appears in our lives. In your personal lives, this site, this community, what are the, what are the distractions that are keeping you from being present and aware to rejoice in what we find? How can we remove those barriers or those cracks that are preventing us from, from, from sustaining a prayer life of rejoicing? Prayer is an act of thanks. When we think about prayer in a form of petition from us to God, giving thanks for what he or she has done in our lives, the idea of thanks provides a sense of justice, a sense of tranquility, a sense of gratitude for things that we could not have done on our own. To this extent, prayer the spiritual discipline that renders to communal involvement. Here at UVC, we are constantly praying for growth, for effective outreach, and for being able to construct a wallless church that remains bold, inclusive, and relevant from Sunday to Sunday. In terms of growth, we give, thanks, we give God thanks when we are able to attract a new face, a new story, or even a new building. In terms of effective outreach, we, we give God thanks unseasonally when we are able to feed the hungry, provide the poor with something to wear, and provide our neighbor with a chance to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Through our outreach and through the constant thanks given to God, our ministry is able to be effective because we pray, rejoice, and act as a community. We thrive together because we live together. We thrive together because we live together. Our constant thanks to God is an answered prayer that provides us with nourishment to grow, and plant something new for the community. I'm reminded of a book titled Nobody Cries When We Die by Patrick B. Reyes. In his book, Reyes, who was raised in the barrios of Mexico, was constantly surrounded by violence. This violence led to uncertainty. This uncertainty led to prison, and prison led to unwanted death amongst his friends, family, and neighbors. However, through these tragedies, Reyes discovered a source of unceasing thanks that led him to realize his vocation is to live so others can survive. We thrive together because we live together. But I ask you today, are you willing to live so others can survive? Are you willing to pray so that you can check out everything without knowing the outcome? Are you willing to give thanks constantly when you know that what you prayed for did not come true? that there was no happy ending after the amen. We are reminded in the message translation of the Bible that we are to be cheerful no matter what. Thank God no matter what happens. But how can we give thanks when we hear of another shooting that took place on the tracks or a massacre that took place at an elementary school or see a homeless person wandering from corner to corner or witness our brothers and sisters being criticized because of how they identify themselves? or become aware that our current denomination is going through a split? How can we give thanks to, to no matter what happens when we know that the outcome of some situations is unpredictable? Now, I don't have an answer to this, but similar to my bike store, we must continue to pedal. We must continue to love each other for who we are. We must continue to pray as a community, as believers, as faithful followers in Christ. We must be willing to live so others 
can survive. We must be willing to pray without ceasing in all circumstances. Again, how can we give thanks for a prayer that remains unanswered? 28 years ago, my mother lost a child at birth. To this day, the pain and trauma of that event still resides in her heart. Not only does it reside within her heart, but it acts as a barrier between her and God. Several years later, she almost had to go through that experience not once, but twice. I almost took my own life three years ago, and my, brother's attempt, and my brother has attempted three times to end his life. He lost his job, claimed bankruptcy on his house, and is now living at home with our parents until he gets back on his feet. And I can tell you today, after just seeing him this past week, that he has passed his 90-day pro probation at his job. So he, his prayer has been answered. My mother is happy. My father is happy. There's still some stress and uncertainty, but things are looking forward. Giving thanks in all circumstances seems impossible at times. For my mother, it was especially tough. But through her willingness to pray in a way that God wants her to pray, she has found a breath of Holy Spirit in her life that allows her not only to keep pedaling, but to live so others, like myself and my brother, can survive. Thessalonians offers a prayer that is unceasing and merciful in all circumstances. Thess Thessalonians' understanding of prayer is that it describes the simplest, most core form of prayer without ceasing as give thanks in all circumstances. If we are having trouble praying because of something that happened in our own lives, one thing that prayer can be is simply giving thanks for the things we can find to give thanks for right in front of us in our daily lives. Something about what prayer is, is rejoicing in whatever small things we can find to rejoice in. Again, on separating people's experiences of things we have to do or else and offering a new vision of things that will that will form the basis of a fruitful community and life with God. I love that Thessalonians says, do not quench the spirit, which suggests that what prayer is, is a part of living. Flowing water of spirit that is flowing at all times and that can help feed and connect us together. It also encourages discernment and not false, and not false authority through middle ways of knowing. Do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Don't be afraid to keep peddling, even when giving thanks seems difficult and misguiding. Paul Griffiths offers an interesting meditation on how the Thessalonians' ceaselessness of prayer invites us to connect with others by acknowledging that prayer is a gift. Griffiths states, suppose we think, instead of prayer as most fundamentally and centrally the acknowledgement of gift, to acknowledge something as a gift is to know that it came to you, the recipient, from somewhere else, someone other than you. You did not make it, and sometimes you do not deserve it. For if you deserve it, it's, the, it's not really a gift, but rather a payment of debt. To treat what you have been given as a gift, to acknowledge it as such and not to pretend that it was really yours all along, or that you made it for yourself, or that it is your due, you have to be grateful to say thank you and to keep on being grateful. 
Each time you look at or use the gift, if you are alive and awake and self-aware, you remember with gratitude who gave it to you. That is not so difficult with most, with most gifts. The book on your shelf that your grandmother gave you may easily enough conjure in your gratitude for the, con- for the occasion of its giving whenever you hold it in your hands. The gifts that you received or gave on Christmas are gifts either to you or by you that will be remembered. But when the gift is life, your very self, all that you have and all that you are, things are more difficult. The challenge then is to be constantly grateful, habitually aware that whatever good things there are in us or in the world around us are not ours and therefore active. Prayer is gratitude because gratitude is the primary form of adoration and adoration is, in the end, the only thing that counts because it is is the form of human love most appropriate to God. All other love serves this final love, which is prayer at its highest intensity. Prayer as a gift provides that constant reminder that what we seek is a promise made by God because what God promises, God will provide. Here at UVC, the gift of prayer is what keeps us pedaling. It is what grants us the will to be bold for a community that lacks boldness, inclusive for a community that fears the future, and relevant for a community that needs to be reminded that the peace and sanctification of Christ is not merely just found on Sundays, but it is found from Sunday to Sunday. Here at UVC, the gift of prayer is what gives that, that strength to proclaim that we have been, are being, and will forever be created in the image of God. Here at UVC, the gift of prayer is what grants us the love to establish individual groups in which caters to the interest of the people. Here at UVC, the gift of prayer reminds us all that the God who makes everything holy and whole will make you holy and whole and put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. Prayer as a gift is a promise of transformation that grants us as a community with a willingness to keep pedaling, to keep pedaling towards what is yet to come. Prayer as a gift creates a community that prays for and becomes one with each other. Prayer as a gift generates a community that does not stop at a single prayer, but prays in such a way that promises a life that is holy and whole in the name of Jesus Christ. And the last point, prayer is transformation that is transformative within ourselves. We have become word. We are prayer. The act of prayer by by many has been interpreted as being a source of connectedness that generates a bond between humanity and humanity's creator. Prayer has been viewed as a source of change that illuminates the wonderment and possibility of transformation. Prayer is the enactment, the enclave, the invisible energy that seeks to transform the future from the present moment. Prayer is the essence of the triune God that motivates individual spirituality. Through God, prayer is received. Through Jesus Christ, prayer is heard. And through the Holy Spirit, prayer is put into action. Prayer is a discipline of spirituality that allows the unseen to be seen. In essence, humanity becomes the prayer, and the prayer resembles a gift of transformation from God. In the anthology, Spiritual Classes Selected Readings on the Twelve Spiritual Disciplines, authored Richard J. Foster and Emily Griffin examine the discipline of prayer by analyzing four separate authors. Although each author presents a differing case for the understanding of prayer as a spiritual discipline, Author Andre Luf introduces a concept of prayer 
that is most intriguing to the overall composition of how prayer is used in the act of transformation. In the act of transformation, Luft states, authentic prayer can never be learnt from someone else. It has its own instructor within it. Prayer is God's gift to whomever prays. To be honest, I have never pictured nor imagined prayer to be God's gift to his creation. I always thought that prayer was an obligation or a duty that allowed humanity to be connected with God at all times. However, viewing prayer in the sense that it is a gift from God puts the intent and action of prayer into a divine realm that should not be exploited nor abused, but rather treated as a sacred sacrament that enables connection with the spiritually unseen. Prayer is to invite us into a state of delightfulness that can only be experienced when humanity treasures the important expressive power that resides within its ability. Prayer is a transformative gift that God renders to the spiritual power that instills the notion that prayer is the word and the word is the fruit of prayer. In conclusion, prayer prays itself in us. Prayer as a spiritual discipline of transformation is a gift from God that initiates the feeling that we are rooted together and that we conduct our lives in a manner that allows the overflow of praise and thanksgiving to reach beyond these walls. When prayer prays in itself in us, we become divinely rooted in the life that God has planted within our hearts. We become rooted in the home of God. We become transformed. The next time you decide to ride a bike, watch out for cracks. Hold on tight to the handlebars. Place your feet firmly on the pedals. And most importantly, don't be afraid to keep pedaling, even if the outcome is not what you initially prayed for. Prayer is our concrete sanctification that creates a place in God's home for ourselves. Prayer is to be rejoiced. Prayer is to be an act of thanksgiving. And prayer is to be an unceasing promise, request, gift, and transformation that makes us holy and whole within our body, mind, and souls. And especially within a broken community that is seeking to be led to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to establish a rhythm of life that begins with prayer. By establishing prayer, let your life be led by peace. Let your life create a balance between your prayers and the prayers of God. And let your life be a source of growth for all those who may be seeking and asking the question, how do I pray? Prayer is what you make of it. So don't be afraid. Keep pedaling and keep striving to find a rhythm of life for this new decade and for decades to come. So now... I leave you with two questions. How do you pray? How does your praying change the life of your family, of your friends, of your neighbor, of the stranger, and even the community? Amen.